0: Hello and welcome to No Finish Line podcast featuring athlete interviews and discussion on running, training, travelling and adventure. I'm your host John O'Regan and in this episode I'm joined once again by John Belton, the owner and head coach at number 17 Personal Training located at Vault 8, Park Place, Upper Hatch Street. Today we are going to be talking a bit more about recovery and the training mindset as a follow on from our last podcast. John, welcome back, and this might become a regular feature. The reason I want to talk to you about the training mindset is because I think that in your job as a full-time personal trainer, you meet people at both ends of the spectrum, you have highly motivated athletes that have clearly defined goals and objectives, and you must also meet others that are less motivated. What do you think is the difference, or why is there a difference?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me in again, John. It's always a pleasure to have you coming in here, and I'm delighted to, to be able to get on this, which I think is a great podcast. And uh, hopefully we can offer some insights that help people so to come back to your question motivated athletes and you know we could go right back into this and go well what is an athlete and it's a tricky one because we all want to call ourselves athletes but my view is that an athlete is someone that essentially dedicates their priorities in life to achieving something sport related and in turn make big sacrifices so a lot of people when they come into me initially will come in with perhaps you know a goal of losing some body weight body fat more specifically they say they want to get fitter but one one of the questions i'll put to them is to define what fitness means to them and generally fitness means that they want to get in better shape and they want to feel a bit better about themselves or they understand that there's something missing so why is this important to motivating non-motivated people it's very very important that we determine what their goals are uh, why they want to exercise or why they want to get in shape and more importantly why have they stopped exercising and why have they Let their health decline. And once we can determine what that why is, we can start building some structured goals around that. And goals, like you know, start with very, very small steps. The first step being getting active and moving. I spoke to a great psychologist once who was a client of mine, and he said, people get very confused about that. And they, they look at someone similar to a John O'Regan who can, you know, he can take on 100 kilometer races and 240 kilometer races and all the rest of it. And they look at you and they go, you know what? It's different for you. You love exercise. I don't like exercise. And he said, well, there's a concept called want, can, do okay so people say you want to exercise so you you can exercise so you do exercise but for someone who needs to get started out on their exercise journey let's say whether that's to run their first 5k or to you know even if it's a weight loss goal or to to run a marathon or to run a subtree marathon instead of going okay you know i i don't like that i'm not like that i'm not wired that way it's do can want so if you think about this if you do exercise okay whether that's learning how to squat whether that's learning how to run properly but when you do exercise and your body can exercise you will then want to do more of it so it's do can want if you do your exercise and you start moving your body starts to feel the endorphins feel good feel doms see change all that sort of stuff and then when you do it and your body can do it and you can start looking at times and all that sort of stuff you will then want to do more So if we talk about the individual that's not motivated, the individual that's coming in the door that, you know, just wants to get active, they've already taken the hardest step, which is coming in the door. And once you get yourself moving and once you get started with that, then the world is your oyster. And that can progress from, I know in your case, where you wanted to run a 5K and then all of a sudden become a national level athlete. You know, you can, it all starts with that first step. And as cheesy as that sounds, that really is the case.
0: Now, I'm going to flip around what you said there. You mentioned do, can, want. There's a lot of people that want to do it but don't believe that they can do it. So they don't do it. How do you convince somebody? How, how do you actually change that mindset to get it in the structure that you just mentioned?
1: So there's an individualized, I suppose, type of answer to that. It comes down to the individual. Some people are driven by aesthetics. Some people are driven by numbers. Some people are driven by external things. Some people are dri- driven by, you know, they're motivated by the, what the significant other says or thinks them, all these sort of things. So I suppose finding that little anchor is part of my job, seeing, you know, what makes you thick and what drives you and what motivates you. You know, you've got masculine and feminine people and some people are driven by emotion and some people are driven by purpose and tasks. So once I find out what that is, I'll use that as our metric for success so that you can go from starting out where you're, you're kind of going, you know what, I want to do this but I'm not really that motivated and I don't believe I can when you start showing the metrics that you know show improved performance that can be a massive motivator especially if you use the right again motivators is it look how does that make you feel how do you feel now after achieving that or is it you know look at the metrics look how well you've performed there Uh, so some people are driven by something different again external or internal or whatever that is and you have to find out what that is and use that as the, the driving force for that
0: What you said there makes perfect simple sense and I use something similar to what you're saying. I encourage people to take part in their local park run. Park run is kind of a non-intimidating way of of taking part in an event that is very, they don't call it a race, but it's very, very similar to a race. And during that kind of an event, you're really competing against yourself and the person who you were the previous week or the previous month. I'd encourage people to set themselves little goals and the, the goal that I would start them off on would be go and do a park run don't go in with any targets in mine. Just do it. And then use that as kind of a, a baseline, a benchmark for moving forward. Do you do the same in the gym?
1: Absolutely. Yes, I do. I, I love that. The, the park runs are something that I do get even my own clients to get on it is a case of just getting started get moving get yourself signed up to a race or just get yourself across the, your first one kilometer row and then I don't think people realize then once they start that the journey it's going to bring them on uh, you know get, getting out there enough that, for that first park run as daunting as it may sound can really transform your life and open up a lot of doors and it's a great sense of community and a great event to be part of especially coming into the dark winter months where we want to stay in on our weekends it's a fantastic way to get out, get motivated and you just don't know who you're going to meet and as i always say to uh to people in in here the best piece of training equipment you can have is a good training partner so you'll generally find like-minded motivated people at these events that you know you can buddy up with the train or that will give you a few trade secrets or will talk about being on a shared journey something similar to where you are and that in turn can kind of you know, when you find your tribe a bit like that can drag you forward at a, a very very fast pace
0: what do you think of competition do you think that that's a good way of keeping people motivated
1: Competition, for me, is what definitely motivates me, drives me, um, you know, it's it's where I track myself, my progress, where I am at my personal life and everything, kind of, if I'm able to compete and train hard for any type of event, then that makes me very happy. Uh, however, you know, it's taken me a number of years to learn that I, I really see some people get so put off by competition, uh, we run monthly fitness events in the gym here, which could be something like a 500 meter row, for example, which was the September challenge. Or it could be a little group workout, uh, sorry, a little number of workouts like push a or hang out of a bar for as long as you can. It is so interesting to see people's reaction. I see clients who absolutely can't wait to see the workout go up on the board and they can't wait to see their score and where they are. And then there are clients who literally won't come in on the day of their session out of fear of being exposed in a competition environment so there's definitely a lot more going on there than just i'm nervous about competition it's obviously a childhood experience or something like that that i'm not going to be able to get into or delve into but i think competition can be something that's really really great for a competitive person as obviously that sounds however it can be something that really puts people off doing anything. They feel they're going to be judged. They feel that they're going to be maybe ridiculed or they have a bad association with it. Um, And uh, you and I know that in reality, no one looks at other people's scores and cares about how you did. You know, at the end of the day, we're all delighted to see other people progressing, moving forward and competing with themselves to be a little bit better than they were previous. Um, So I suppose to answer your question, competition can be a great motivator, but can also cause... Uh, cause people to be derailed and you know it it makes you ask questions of yourself that you may not like now i personally love that because i think it's great to keep challenging ourselves and finding new layers to our psyche and new layers to what motivates us but that's not for everybody so i obviously don't push competition on everyone
0: yeah i totally agree with you and i think that competition will speed up your growth and competition can be internal it's going to compete against yourself and who you were previous to that and i think that Everyone is competitive, even the people that say they're not competitive. If you follow a football team, you're competitive. If you want the kids to do well in school, you're competitive. If you do the lotto, you're competitive. I think people mix up being competitive with not having self-belief. And really, I think it's, you have to strip away those layers of doubt and you get that by setting yourself some maybe small, easily achievable goals. As they say, pick the low hanging fruit, go and do your local park run, go and do something similar. And if you come on to your progress, you see you're getting a little bit better and then you're competing against yourself. I mean, you can see something, as you mentioned earlier, that you're able to measure that will encourage you to do that a bit more. So I t- certainly think that competition is essential for growth.
1: I do agree with you. And I, th- I mean, if I had my way, I would not push everybody into competition. But I think there's a sweet spot there where when someone goes, oh, God, no, I don't want to compete at that. There's a conversation that you can have with your client or with your athlete or with whoever you're working with where you go, why and when you ask that why and if you've got a good relationship with them that they can actually you can communicate there there's capacity for huge growth there's capacity for them to find out a lot more about themselves that's you know and, that, and this is what i love about sport it exposes these weaknesses whether that's which are aerobic fitness or whatever else for me more specifically little mental things like this and you know how we're kind of wired when we find this it's an opportunity for adaptation and change you know physiologically that happens under st- the stress of increased reps weight or time under tension running whatever that is but then mentally there's this opportunity for change that if we choose to look at this instead of it being a weakness. That we have, but an opportunity to grow, it can absolutely turbocharge your life. Never mind just your, you know your race time; it'll improve how you function in your career. It'll improve how you function in your day-to-day activities. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of us are afraid of that. I think fear is the big word that we probably should start talking about because fear holds everyone back. And on the other side of that, you know, that fear. If we if we choose to kind of go, oh God, I don't know, I don't want to be exposed by putting my name up on the board in a gym in a workout. If we choose to address why that's there, really can have a transformational effect for your life.
0: I was interviewing Ian Keat, an Irish ultra-runner, recently, and I asked him about races that he had done previously. And in particular, I said if he was to have only one race he could do next year, and it had to be one of the races that he had already done, what would he pick? The race he picked was called the Barclay Marathon, and that's the one race that he has failed to finish. So I I was actually expecting him to pick the race that he had finished in a podium position he finished the third in the UTMB last year and that's the one I expect him to say because I would expect that he had a better experience from finishing that race than he did with having to drop out of the other race so I suppose in his case the fear of failure is less than the want to actually do it
1: or perhaps he recognises that the fear of failure is exactly where he needs to travel the fear of failure is, is where you know he will f- get the most fulfilment when he overcomes that you know, and failure happens. A failure happens in training, but failure happens in other parts of life and it's sometimes out of our control. And from a business point of view, I had many little things that have failed at different stages. And as much as it's, a, you know, an ego check and all that, you know, when you dust off the cobwebs, you get so much from it. And I think we need to stop being afraid of it and realize that it's just an opportunity for growth and i'm sure people like ian keith are so used to that and they love finding all of these little flaws when i when i meet an athlete and i you know assess them and do that i find as many little things wrong with them as i can and i start making little notes because these are all the little opportunities that we can use to improve how you function improve how you perform optimize all these little things and once we dust all that off you know you can turn anyone into a superhero in my eyes by by working on all those little weaknesses
0: and just as you mentioned, failure, you must be very used to failure because in the gym you have to fail to succeed. It's when you do that last rep when you, you can't actually manage a last rep. That's when you're giving yourself the catalyst for growth.
1: Exactly. You know, there's the old saying, which everyone's here, you know, tired of hearing. On a set of 10, at what rep do you start to see change? At what rep is the key rep? And the answer is rep 14 because you go past that 10 rep 10 but it is true you push to, to failure you push your body you know not all the time you, you know you, you, you stimulate you don't annihilate your body but you push your body to a level that it's not comfortable with you get out of that comfort zone and that brings on the right adaptation and change providing you provide you know the recovery modes needed the nutrition the sleep and you look after your body but that's very very important I suppose maybe that's why I have that mindset I'm not afraid to fail I'm not afraid to not be able to lift something I'm not afraid to come last at something like that maybe more aerobic people need to look at that from a gym point of view it's not failure it's just pushing to that boundary
0: I think we'd have to bring yourself into a transition towards another subject which is recovery and I'm kind of stuck for time now, so I can't really delve into that now at the minute. So maybe we can touch on that in the next episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, recovery is something I can talk about for, for weeks. It's, I suppose, as I get a little bit older as a, an athlete and a coach and everything else like that, I see the importance of recovery. I have so many different topics and so many pieces on it that I could talk about. And I think if anyone that comes to me that wants to perform better, and what do they want? They want the quick, easy fix. And the quick, easy fix is sleep more and eat better foods. It's not train harder, it's not jump further, it's not lift more weights, it's look after your recovery because as a very wise man, John O'Regan once said to me, you can only train what you recover from, is that correct?
0: You can only do what you can recover from. Dad.
1: There you go and very, very true. So maybe that'll be next week's
0: topic then. Next week we we'll do that. Okay, thanks again for your time, John, and talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, John.